0: In the words of Public Enemies, Chuck D. do. Fifth Element Podcast Network. I am Charlie Taylor, and this this is what's good. Hope everybody is well. Hope everybody's having a good week. I'm okay. I'm not bad. You know, it's just, uh, just uh, keeping on, keeping on, doing my things. You know, it's all good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Um, I'm pretty calm right now. On i Excuse me, I'm feeling pretty calm right now. Just had a cup of tea, so uh, yeah, just had a little snack. So yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm at a good level. I'm not I'm not hyper, but I'm not low either. I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good. Anyway, formalities. Got the email. Got the Twitter. Got the IG. Got the Facebook. All on the description below. All links that I'm going to read today. I've only got a couple. It's not many. So um, yeah, but regardless, any links that I read out today will be on the FifthElementDog.k on the article for this particular episode so if you want to read those hit up the fifth element so let's get started, let's get started uh, we're gonna start, we, we have to start with this, we have to start with this. As this at the time of this recording which is a tuesday, so two days before it actually drops we got our oscar nominations finally is finally here, the oscar nominations are here and you know, I've had a little bit of a look, you know, you a know, little, little peek, a little peek, you know, just not not fully, just a little peek here and there for a couple of them, and I'm slapping, like, okay, okay. You know, going through all these, you know, we've been through the Golden Globes already, and we've been through the BAFTAs already, so, you know, some of these are pretty, you know, um, what's the word? Predictable. It's is pretty predictable from this point on, you know. I find it fascinating looking at, you know, some... Um, Publications talking about you know uh, what does the math say about who will win the Oscar for this and this and this and they've like percentages on Hollywood Reporter and then then uh, you know they, they talk about Oscar hype and you know just uh you know having the Golden Globes as a great predictor for this award and great predictor and the Baftas and the Baftas and stuff like this and you know uh, if if you here's how I think about it right if you like if you like the film you're gonna vote for it you know what I mean so I've, I've I guess the Hollywood Foreign Press and the Academy that vote, you know, they're, they're completely different people. Uh, you know, completely different dynamics, completely different professions, and completely different, you know, backgrounds. So, in that case, it would be different, but I feel like most of the time it usually uh, is it's either, you know, the complete same or completely different. And, you know, sometimes completely different is fun, you know, <laughs> why not? But then again if if a film's good a film's good if a if a performance is good, a performance is good like, you know what i mean this this it should, sometimes it should just be unanimous just because it's you know common sense this film is great, give it the award you know what i mean so but sometimes awards fall by the wayside at the first hurdle, which is the nominations, and then they mess up with the winning as well so Let's see how we get on, shall we? So I'm going to go all the way down to the bottom of my phone here. Just going to go all the way down and start at the the lesser awards, if you will. Um, so we've got Best Documentary Short. Actually, why am <laughs> I reading this? Like, I highly I highly doubt everyone's, anyone's seen the Best Documentary shorts. I haven't, so I'm not even bothered. Uh, we've got Best Live Action, Best Animated Short as well. Got uh, guess There we go, Best Film Editing, let's get it started, okay. So we've got Black Klansman, Beam Rhapsody, The Favourite, Green Book, and Vice. Personally, I feel like you'll probably, I, I, you know what, I wouldn't be surprised if Vice got all dubbed for that. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Black Klansman's a good shout as well, and also Beam Rhapsody, I think that's always a good shout. Uh, visual effects, I think pretty much the same as the BAFTAs, except <laughs> for some reason Christopher Robbins here. A bit of a random one there. Don't know why Christopher Robin's here, but hey ho, sure why not? <laughs> Be different, sure why not? Uh, we also got Avengers: Infinity War, uh, uh, First Man, Ready Player One, Solo: A Star Wars Story. Wow, so no Black and Black Panther. That's interesting. That is very interesting. I'm-, I'm wondering why the hell Christopher Robin's here, and I'm really generally surprised Solo: A Star Wars Story even got here. I thought, I thought that got um. I thought that I got shunned as soon as it was announced. Like, people had, like, you know... <laughs> everyone's had the Star Wars fatigue, you know? Everyone has that Star Wars fatigue at the moment. So I, I'm very surprised they even got this visual effects. That is super surprising. And I feel like it's just to be different. And I feel like, in that in this case, is rubbish. Uh, Bad Pan should be on this nominations to this, let's be real. Um, and I, I feel like I'm missing out on another film that should be on best visual effects here, but um, I'm, I'm I'm missing... Oh, my my mind is blank. Uh, best production design. We've got Black Panther, the favourite. First man, Mary Poppins Returns and Roma. I think that's pretty much exactly the same as the BAFTAs, so, yeah, nothing new there. Uh, again, probably Mary Poppins Returns, uh, most likely. Uh, or maybe the favourite as well. Yeah, favourite. Or even Black Panther, you never know. Actually, you know, what? all five of these get a good shout. I think Roma, actually, out of all the five, I think Roma's the least likely to win. I think the other four have a good chance, so... Uh, uh, but do with that information how you will uh best sound editing now again <laughs> i really need to look up the difference between sound editing and sound mixing i really do but anyway uh sound editing uh black panther behemoth the first man quiet place from roma and best sound mixing black panther behemoth is actually first round roma and a star is born so literally the only difference is that a quiet place called sound sound editing instead of um uh but but um except they they swapped a star is born on mixing and then uh, a quiet place on editing so psh, i don't know i don't know how they i don't know how they how they came to that conclusion but anyway uh best foreign language film again it's always it's a rap it's a rap it's, it's roma it's going to be roma like it's just you know the the only the funny thing with these you know less you know quite quite lesser rewards is you know if you see one that's been nominated several times above all the others, and they're in their lesser awards. You know, respect to the others: Cold War from Poland, Shoplifters from Japan, Never Look Away from Germany, and them Capen- Cap- from Lebanon. Big up those, but let's be real: Roma's going to win because <laughs> it's Roma. Uh, continuing on, best animated feature. Very, very. Um, I'm not even going to say it's highly, highly contested. I really think Spider-Man: Spider-Verse is clearly clearing away the best animation film this year and you, know, you could you could throw an Isle of Dogs in there if you really wanted to you could throw Ralph Breaks in there you could throw Incredibles 2 even but I feel like everybody had a good thing to say about Spider-Man Spider-Verse like people but I feel, who, who was it on the other day I think it was Barry Jenkins said like Spider-Man Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man film and you know I'm, I, might, I might be seeing it tomorrow actually uh, speaking of so um, if I do I will I will come back with my report <laughs> next week. But um yeah, you know, for someone to say for someone like Barry Jenkins to say that, then, you know, it's, it's gotta be got be considered in my in my mind. So uh, best documentary feature. I've got free solo, uh, Hale County this morning, this evening, Mind in the Gap, Fathers and Sons and RBG. I'm very, 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 very surprised that the Peter Jackson uh World War One film is in there isn't here. I know, it's a, I know it's the Oscars and it's American, but, you know, considering what the film is, I think it's a pretty good feat in terms of a documentary, so um, I'm very surprised that um, hasn't hasn't made it to this, but there you go, another snub there. Uh, best original score, this is very highly contested, uh, Black Panther, Lovie Goranson, Terrence Blanchett for Black Clansman, Nicholas Bratel, if Bill Street could talk, Alexandra Desplat for Isle of Dogs, and Mark Shaman for Mary Poppins Returns. It's, it's going to be Mary Poppins Returns, because it's Mary Poppins, it's, it's Mary Poppins, what what do we watch Mary Poppins for? We watch it for the music, we watch it for the show, it's Mary Poppins, it's going to be Mary Poppins, cause, because... It's just, it just is, it just is. Now, I would happily be, I would love to be surprised, I really would. Uh, I'd love it if Nicholas Patel won it for uh, if Bill Street, really would. Uh, I'd love it if Love Goranson won it for Black, uh, Black Panther. But, again, you just, you just know some of these awards, you just know why, you you know why they're going to pick it. It's going to be Mary Poppins, because it's Mary Poppins. It's, it's just how it is. Original song, again, you know, this, this is going, this has gone on for like, you know, most of the time, uh, uh, you know, all awards season and, you know, up to, you know, the Grammys has come in, but also, there's also the, um, uh, the, the Oscars itself as a best original song, so, you know, All the Stars and Shallow, Star is Born, those, those are the two, but we also have I'll Fire, RBG by Darren Warren, Jennifer Hudson, uh, the Place Where Lost Things Go from Mary Poppins Returns, that's actually a good shout. It might might get in there, but I highly doubt it. Performed by Emily Blunt. And also When a Cowboy Traces Spurs for Wings by Buster Scruggs. Performed by Tim Blake, Nelson and Willie Watson. Yeah, not going to win. But yeah, it's either Shallow or All the Stars. You know, it's just there's just been that duo. All oh, It's going to be like that all season, up to the Grammys and, you know, I'm still crossing my fingers that Kendrick Assuza can just walk up there on the Oscar stage and just, like, Flex, because that'll be again, that'll be lit. Best in photography, the favorite. Never look away. Roma. A star was born. In Cold War. This is interesting. Um, still wonder why Bill Street isn't here. To be fair, um, I would probably think that Roma would get the dub. Uh, I've ever a, a feeling that way. Maybe Cold War, just to just cause just the fact it's there as a foreign film is quite interesting to me. So maybe that got some, maybe that's got some um. Uh, you know, it's there for a reason, so maybe it's a little underdog, you never know. Uh, so, I'll probably go for Roma, personally, but mm, you never know. You never know, it might be might be any of the others. Uh, best costume design, this is very good. Uh, Battle of the Buster Scruggs. Uh, Black Panther, favourite. Mary Poppins Returns and Mary Queen of Scots. Yeah, it's going to be either Mary Queen of Scots and Mary Poppins, or the favourite. You know, they all got that, They all got that gear. You know, Black Panther, obviously, you know, it's a good shout, but... It's, it's going to be either Mary Queen of Scots or Mary Poppins, or even The favorite actually. Yeah, one of those three, because it's just... They're just they're films that warrant that kind of costume design, and they always, you know, just... They, this is how it goes sometimes. Best Makeup and Hairstyling. I'm wondering why there's only three nominees here. So it's a bit interesting, but hey. and We've got Border, Mary Queen of Scots, and Vice. I haven't seen Border. I've never actually heard of Border, to be fair. Uh, so, it most likely will be Mary Queen of Scots just because it's You know, Margot Robbie with, you know, Looking Like Mary Queen of Scots. Royal dramas. For some reason, everybody loves them. And by everybody, you know who I mean. People not that look like, don't look like me. Best adapted screenplay A Star is Born, Bowser Buster Scruggs, Black Clansman, Bill Street, and Can You Forgive Me? (sighs) I really want Barry Jenkins to win this again. Really want him to win another one. But um, uh, I, I, I can't. I would actually Black Clansman's a good shout considering the story. Um, that would actually be a good shout, but I really, I, I really think Bill Street should and could win this. Uh, for me personally, now uh, back to a best original screenplay. Here we are again. Uh, the favourite first reformed. Okay, that's very interesting. That's a bit of a thro- a random throw out there. Pick first reformed. Okay, never heard of it. Fair enough. Uh, Green Book, Roma, and Vice. Yeah, I mean probably Roma or Vice. You know, I think Adam McKay. Right, it's something I should, have been, I should have been saying for for a while. Adam McKay is a very underrated screenwriter, very very underrated. You seen, you read The Big Short? G- freaking good read, freaking good read. He's actually a very underrated uh, screenwriter, and I and I think um I, th- I think he can get this dub. I think he can get this dub. Um, I think I think uh. The Academy like what Adam McKay usually brings. You know, he brings that funny. You know, The Big Short has some funny moments, but it's not haha funny. It's just like um, I don't know, irony or just uh, just just a just a just a, a, what do you want to call it? Not really dark comedy, but in that area, you know what I mean. Gray, just just gray comedy. If you want to, if you want to label it like that, but I really can't find a label for it. It's it's kind of interesting. How he how he writes as well. It's, it's quite interesting. So, uh, I would go for Vice personally, or Roma, Green Book can <laughs> piss off. Uh, and actually, I have a theory about Green Book. I'm not going to rage. This is just this is just. A theory. It's not it's not even a theory. It's an opinion. You if if you guys wonder why I find I have an irksome uh, attitude towards Green Book, and you also wonder why I have the attitude, but then again, it is so critically acclaimed. If you want to know why, it's simply because. Well, actually, I'll ask you. If you want to know, go look up the demographics for film critics in the UK and America. That will tell you all you need to know about why it is so critically acclaimed. I guarantee you that's the, that's the exact reason. That's the exact reason why it's so popular, and that's the only reason why. Uh Best Supporting Actor, we've got Homershah Lee, Adam Driver, Sam Elliott, Richard E. Grant and Sam Rockwell. I'd go for Mershah Lee. It's a wrap. it's a rap already, it's Lee. It's a wrap. Uh, after after supporting actor, um I think the other three acting categories are actually kind of weak this year to personally. I find them kinda of weak. I don't I don't know why. I just I just feel like there's nothing there's no there's nothing to shout out to me. Uh Best Supporting Actress, we've got Amy Adams. Marina Tavaria, no, wait, Marina D. Tavira, Tavira, sorry, there we go, butchered that name, uh, Regina King, Emma Stone and Rachel Weiss. again, two people for one film, I feel like you should add one more, said that last week, but yeah, I'm just saying it again, just bring it home, and I want Regina King for that. Best Actor, yeah, again, pretty weak, pretty weak this is, you know, Christian Bale, sure, Bradley Cooper, yeah, uh, Willem Dafoe, yeah, Rami Malik. yeah, and Viggo Mortensen, no 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 chance in hell uh, best actress now very surprising pick here so they've picked a uh, yelitsa um a pa- a, pa- a party- oh, fuck i bl- <laughs> i keep butchering the names i'm so sorry All right, yelitsa aparecio Aparicio, there you go. Alisa Aparicio for Roma, there you go. The the main actress for it, there you go. So um, yeah, you know she hasn't gotten a she hasn't gotten a nomination in any of the others that I've talked about so far. And for some reason they got she got an Oscar nomination. And I kind of respect that. So you know, big up the Academy for doing that. Um, I don't I do I'd love it if she won. That'd be real that'd be real interesting if she won that. That'd be very just out there. But um, I don't think she'll win. There'll probably be other. Um, Maybe Lady Gaga. Wow, what I'm just saying. That can't work out my mouth. Yeah, maybe Lady Gaga. Olivia Coleman. Maybe. Good shout. Uh, Melissa McCarthy. I don't think so. And Glenn Close. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, best director. This is heavy. This is heavy. Really heavy. This is uh, heavy weights right here. Afonso Coron. Yorgos Lanthimos. Spike Lee. Adam McKay. Pavlovsky, Pavilkowski. Sorry. Um. I'd love it if Spike Lee won, just to just to see how he'd respond to it. I think, you know, Spike Lee, right, is a good person to look at when you are, where you feel like you know awards make you who you are, and it doesn't. They don't. You know, they they can add to your legitimacy, or you know, in terms of the status quo and the mainstream. But you know, in the film circles, if you make a good film, it will be respected. And if you direct well, you'll be respected regardless if you get an award or not. So, you know, Spike Lee's been around for thirty years now, over thirty years in the game, and this is his like first best director nomination in the Oscars. That's kind of fascinating to think about. Um, so, if he does win it, I'll <laughs> be kind of be kind of fascinated what his speech will be. I, I don't know if he'll just be very short and like, you know, you know, he does. He he he's one of those people that don't, you know, need validation from you know people like the oscars or any awards he doesn't need that and i respect that so um but it would be kind of interesting if he won that so yeah probably is it it but it's going to be alphonse crown let's be real so uh, go through all that for it's going to be alphonse quran and last one crown jewel in uh, the jewel in the crown best picture black clansman black panther behemoth rhapsody the favorite greenbrook roma star is born and vice got a good solid eight right there um I would, mate. Do you know how guessed I would be if Black Panther won? I think you guys know already, but I'll be screaming down this mic. Um, I can really see Bohemian Rhapsody winning it just for the Oscar bait and just for uh, for reasons I have no idea. Um, I, I, I and this isn't this is This is pure objective. This is pure objective opinion. I really objectively don't think Green Book will win it um Roma I think it probably be the winner of these of these eight most likely I think I think that has the biggest percentage in my mind Star is born maybe yeah I think if Lady Gargoyle wins the best actress that they won't win the best picture I feel like if she doesn't win it for some reason the chances might rise for the film itself I don't know why I say that um it's just just how sometimes it goes but yeah I think I think that might I think that might be the case um Vice, Green Book, The Favourite, I don't think have a chance, I don't think Black Klansman have a chance to be real, Um, uh, I would love it if Black Panther won it, but I don't think it will, I think it's between Roma and Bohemian Rhapsody just for the mainstream appeal, but um, yeah, that's the Oscars for you, you know, same, 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 Um, I'm not nothing. Not you know a couple of surprises thrown in there. You know, Le- 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 Yelitsa for um, best actress and uh, Roma. You know, that's a good. That's a good. That's a nice pick. And you know, be very heartwarming if she won it because you know. And I've been mean to see the film for ages. You know, I don't want to watch it on Netflix if I have to. I've kind of want to go cinema for it. You know there's a, there's a couple of art house cinemas in London that I might uh, think about going to the next uh, maybe next month. But um, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's it's it's. You know, the Oscars overall, and I think the film awards as a whole have kind of just like, you know, really snubbed some great films overall, you know, I'm so, I'm so, a little bit pissed that Widows has got nothing out of this, nothing, nothing, that's a bit peak, it's a bit, it's a, it's a bit weak in my, in my, in my eyes, but, um, you know, overall, it's just, um, it's alright, same, same, you know, I'll give it about a 6 out of 10 if I'm rating it, but we'll see we'll see how the awards itself go with no host i th- i think now i don't think they're even doing a host i think i don't know how they're going to do that i think i think i might enjoy it even more if if they actually don't bring a host out i think they if they just do the awards and you know do the original songs obviously cuz they do that every year you know have the original songs and do Live performance. I think if they just do that, it'll be watched. It will be watched. It's the friggin' Oscars. Let's be, let's be real. Like we don't go there for the host. Oh look, Jimmy Kimmel's hosting. No, that's not. We don't do that. But, um, yeah. It's uh, it's the Oscars. We're all gonna watch it, and I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to watch it. So let's talk about some music. So I've been very, very, very fascinated about this one article. So, um. Uh, published in 2014, right? There was this article where, uh, from from a from a to me unknown website, I've never really heard of it, but it's called the Pudding. Um, apart from this article, I've I've no idea what the Pudding is. So, um, uh, it's obviously clearly a website, and they do uh, fun stuff like this. But they have this one article called the largest vocabulary in hip hop, and they did this in um uh, uh, by Mr. the Matt Daniels did this um visual infographic you know in 2014 and it had basically a list of artists where uh, he put them basically on like a on a graph of sorts and uh, on the bottom axis it was like how many thousand words basically Um, that is in their vocabulary and they also have and he also put a line down for like um, how many words Shakespeare had and see if anyone goes over that I think in 2014, the only people that were over there, in, in the people he he put on the list, was um, a couple of uh, members of Wu Tang. Uh, I think about th- two or three members. So um, it was very fascinating for me, anyway, as a you know as a at that point a very hip hop novice, and now looking and now looking back at it uh, as a hip hop writer. Utterly fascinating, and it kind of just ticks so many boxes for me. You know, so I love visual infographics. I love that kind of stuff. Uh, obviously, I love hip hop itself, and I also love um, statistics and research like that like stuff. Like this, it's very fascinating. So it's hit my trifecta. Um, and now, as of January twenty first, updated on January twenty first, uh, he is um, Mr. Daniels has added uh, seventy five new uh, rappers and, uh, and acts. So. Should we get into it? I think um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually quite funny. He uh, actually has one where it's um, all of them and then there's just Wu Tang, which is quite fascinating. But anyway, um, I'm going to read the article itself and uh, then we'll get into it. So it says uh, this project was originally published in 2014 and recently updated on January 2019 with new lyrics data and 75 additional IOS, including Little Udi Vert, Little Yap. Yeah, uh, Yachty, uh, Migos, and 21 Savage. It compares the number of unique words used by some of the most famous artists in hip-hop, brackets that is an example of quantitative view of lyricism, once proposed by Tahir Hempfil. Uh, I used each artist's first 35,000 lyrics. This way, prolific artists such as Jay-Z can be compared to new artists such as Drake. I'll have the graph there, we'll get into that in a bit. 35,000 words covers 3-5 to five studio albums and EPs, I included mixtapes if the artist was short of the 35,000 words. Quite few rappers don't have enough official material to be included, for example Biggie, Chance the Rapper, Queen Latifah and LP. Uh, since the original release there is now a notable trend of fewer unique words among newer artists. Uh, this is easier to see in the following chart where I highlight each artist's primary decade based on album release dates for their vocabulary calculation for the first 35,000 lyrics. Remember, it is so... And just looking at this graph, I urge you to look at this graph and these two graphs that he's put, because um, it's so intricate, and it's uh, and it's very fascinating of, like, you know, people who we consider, like, the goat or whatever, you know, they're just basically in the middle ground, in the median for uh, the amount of wor- unique words used, and um, the, you know, people that have used more is, um, you know, people that we've you might have never heard of, to be fair, so <laughs> it's kind of fascinating. So um, Anyway, continuing the article itself, some of the new artists wield a smaller vocabulary comparatively, but this is not because hip-hop has dumbed down, no, speak for yourself. Uh, the genre has evolved, it has moved away from complex lyricism towards elements traditionally associated with pop music, repair of song structure and singing. Joe Carmencia recently wrote about this trend for the New York Times, arguing that it was led by Drake, who popularised the rapping and singing formula over the past decade. A better benchmark for Lil Vert's word count, 2,556, might be those pop artists such as Beyonce, 2,433 words, or even one of his major influences, Marilyn Manson, 2,466. Uh, there are also genre-bending artists. If Charles Gambino's Awaken My Love is less hip-hop in the traditional 90s boom-bap sense, is it fair to compare it to the vocabulary-dense Wu-Tang albums? Genre matters in the vocabulary calculations. Check out the chart below, which takes 500 random samples of 35,000 uh, words from rock, country, and hip-hop. So... Uh, it's a graph here, this is actually, I haven't seen this graph actually, it's so, uh, quite new to me, so number of unique words used in 500 random samples of 35,000 lyrics from country, rock, and hip-hop. So he's got 211 samples for rock, and majority of them in the median of, I th- that looks about three, can I tick, can I, can I, no, I can't click it, uh, it's about three three 3,600 I guess, and hip-hop is way longer in the spectrum country is way back in the spectrum then it's rock and then it's majority hip-hop from 3800 onwards which is kind of fascinating to me um in short if artists depend from hip-hop song structure we'd expect their vocabulary to go down in the number of unique words that said the results are still directionally interesting of the 150 artists in the data data set let's take a look at who is on top right so let me just go let me just go to the bottom of what he's um, written because I don't want to like give away number one straight away uh, you can look up for yourself and I'll put obviously the link on the fifth element right uh, uh, along with this episode um and there's also other links here on the bottom where you can look up to hear hempfield's uh, foundational projects uh, martin connor's rap analysis. And also vocabulary count data, so if you want to do your own research and stuff, um, it's kind of uh, it's it's kind of fascinating to look at. And there's also no it's currently excluded on the thirty five thousand threshold. We got Cardi B, uh Dejloaf, Princess Nokia, Ray Shrema Remy Mar Dejlo- they put Dejloaf again, uh Debrat, uh Queen of Azalea Banks, Nav, Earl Sweatshirt, Farah Monch, Pusha T, Saba, Waka Flocka and also Xix so um, let's start. Uh, uh, okay, let's go forty nine and fifty nine, which is written down, which is Buster Rhymes and Twister. Now, if if you heard of Buster Rhymes and Twister, very fast paced uh, rapping. Uh, Twister actually, I'm I'm not sure if he invented it so, per se, but he I guess he popularized it the the um, the form of chopping. Uh, chopper bars basically, where like literally just stupid fast, like you know, uh, think, think um, Eminem's Rap God, there you go, for a popular example. that That's chopping basically. And um, also anything by Tech 9, listen to Tech 9, Tech 9 great. So, yeah, number 49 and 59 respectively, Buster Rams and Twister. Since both rappers are known for their speed, it's nice to see that their verses are just as lyrically diverse as their peers. So, what is this, uh, yeah, it's just fascinating there uh number 28 and 54 outcast in e40 outcast obviously big boy in uh, 100,000 e40 uh, legend of oakland of course e40 is in the top 20% he's considered to be an inventor of many slang terms just a few that he's re- responsible for coining or popularizing all good pop your collar shizzle and you filmy uh, outcast expansive vocabulary is definitely a function of their style frequent use of um what the hell is that word portmanteaus Portmanius wow, what is that? I've never heard of that word. Let me Google that right quick uh, portmante- more, Portmanteo. a large a, ble- a word blending the sounds of com- combining sounds and combining the meaning of two others for example motel or brunch fascinating I li- I, li- I like that new words. what was the one I learned the other day? I forgot but anyway let's continue uh, for example and stanconia, southern drawol uh, for example, now i am saying an early day. Uh, a made-up slang, for example, flosky, Wolski., <laughs> uh, They also got number four, fi- So, right, this is great. This is great. This is how, objectively, right, if you're a hip-hop fan, I, you know, we all have our subjective lists, you know. um, You know, we all have our lists where, like, you know, it's people we just enjoy. But I think in everybody's objective opinion, Wu Tang should be number one in everybody's ratings of greatest hip hop groups of all time. I don't think it's close. I really don't think it's close. And the reason I'm saying, well, part of the reason why I'm saying that in terms, in context of this article, is because of this. So number four on the list, number five, number seven, number ten, number fifteen, and number twenty. So they have one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, six. They have six people. In their group, in the top 20 of most diverse lyrics, that is crazy to me, Wu-Tang. Uh, Wu-Tang Clang is actually a number 5, so 5 I guess, uh, 5 individuals. Uh, is impressive given that 10 members with vastly different styles equally contribute lyrics. Uh, contribute lyrics. Contribute? Yeah, contribute. Add the fact that Jizza, Ghostface, Raekwon and Method Man solo works are also in the top 20, notably Jizza is at number 4. So, we've got the top two here, and I guarantee you haven't heard of this person here. This is Bus Driver, okay? For the most recent update, I pored over requests from readers, and Bus Driver was most common on folks' wish list. He he, and Aesop Rock are only are the only rappers with more than 7,000 unique words in their 30, 30, 35,000 lyrics. And number one, kind of ruining it and spoiling it for myself, is Aesop Rock. Uh, when I first published analysis, I excused Aesop Rock, figuring he was too obscure. The Reddit hip-hop community was up, was in an uproar, claiming that Aesop would absolutely be number one. Sure enough, Aesop Rock is well above every eyes in the data set, and I was obliged to add him to the chart. So, yeah. Aesop Rock ha- uses 7,879 uh, unique words. That is absurd. So that is absurd. Uh you also have uh past six thousand past six thousand words. You know, Gene Grey, good shout. Um is just under fi- uh, six thousand. Del the funky Homo sapien. Uh who we got? Who we got here? Black Alicia's. Uh, MF Doom is at six thousand. Uh, well, we got the bomb here. The Roots, uh the noble group. The Roots at five thousand seven hundred eighty-one. Immortal Technique at five thousand nine hundred and thirty. Jedi Mind Tricks at six thousand four hundred twenty-four. Let's go down to the bottom. Uh, we got Dmx. <laughs> Dmx is actually uh, one of the worst at uh, two thousand nine hundred thirty-six. Oh, uh, And yeah, most of the new, most of the newer rappers are, uh, um, you know, under two thousand nine hundred sixty. So like Dmx, uh, obviously. Uh, A boogie, little baby, Uzi Vert NF, and Young Boy. Uh, they're all they're all under three thousand basically. Uh, we got some notable ones. the me- The median is basically uh, in between three thousand six hundred eighty and four thousand four hundred. So you got people like Run DMC, Tupac, Big L, Foxy Brown, MC Light, Scarface, Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg, Dizzy Rascal, uh, Kanye, Missy Elliott, Brockhampton. Uh, my, uh, Mac Miller, Vince Staples, Kendrick. Kendrick is at three thousand six hundred eighty to four thousand. Uh, what else did we miss out? And uh, we've got Public Enemy just above them. Ice T, Rakim, Ghetto Boys, Ice Cube, Jay Z, Mob Deep, uh, Danny Brown, Death Grips, J Rock, Schoolboy Q. So Schoolboy Q and um Schoolboy Q and J Rock are above Kendrick. Fascinating, right? Lil Kim, Nelly, Nelly. <laughs> Nelly is above Digi Rascal, 2-back Big L. That is so crazy to me. Uh, Kevin Gates, uh, yeah, we got some stuff there. And uh, more in the higher echelon, you've got like, ASAP Rocky, Denzel Curry, Twister, Tech9, Talib, Ludacris, Absol, Joe Budden, uh, Gangstar, Brand Nubian, Busta Rhyme, Cypress Hill, Big Daddy Kane, Bismarcky, LL Cool J, Beastie Boys. And yeah, you can, you can just. This is so, there's so much to eat on here, like oh, so much information to eat on this on this one article. I absolutely love it. So if you guys want to read it yourself and, and just look over it, I just find it very fascinating. And you know, to finish off on that on this particular part of the show, you know, it's it's called cool to have <clears throat> excuse me, it's called cool to have unique lyrics. You know, it's it's called cool the fact that um, people like ASAP rock, rock has, You know, put so much effort or even no effort at all into like you know having u- these unique words and talking about different things it's kind of refreshing when you listen to those kind of artists and <clears throat> um and you know it's kind of a long-term thing that you just don't realize when you're listening to a track you know how many times have they said this before probably never you know and how many times have they said this before how many times a dmx said dog How many do you think DMX has said, dog, we're my dogs, you know, hood, Uh, (laughs) you know, gods, like, you know, how many times has he he said these kind of words, you know? How many times has many of these artists said get money or or just money in general, you know what I mean? Just uh, cash, hoes, you know, it's it's, it's so fascinating to think about. Um, And I don't think, you know, this is a list of, you know, who's the greatest is the kind of, it's a nice... Uh, different. It's a different. It's a nice different thing. Different way to look at things. But it's not like you know, uh, to add to your argument of who's the greatest. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Drake is above this person. That means he's the goat. No, no. That's that's not how this works. And to be, and you know, if if we're if we're doing that, Drake is in the lower echelon. So, <clears throat> moving on. Um. <laughs> always, always get my moments. Always get my moments. <laughs> Um yeah so let's talk about some sports. So um this is going to be relatively short I will admit. Um I just wanted to get my get this off my chest because ugh, I've been I've been thinking about it for I've been thinking about it recently and I've had this thought for a while and the longer that the uh, the longer that the you know the you know the coming NBA seasons go and you know everyone goes through their their individual careers and all of this. Um um, I'm thinking more and more about earlier in the decade and the complete debacle, debacle, whatever you want to, whatever you want to say it, uh, it's debacle, I know, um, of the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, I actually heard a quote from Charles Barkley, of all people, and if you know me... I do not rate Charles Barkley at all as a as, a, as an opinion giver. But, he, you know, he called the Philadelphia 76ers stupid on a on a point of um, Joel, Joel Embiid. He was, like, temporarily injured recently. And he was like, um, sit him out, because he's obviously injury-prone and stuff like this. Don't be stupid. And Shaq was like, no, no, let him play. If they're on the court, they're on the court. Let him play. Um, opinion on that aside, I don't really care. But um, just overall, right? So when I was... Writing for Def Pen, shout out Def Pen. Uh, writing about basketball every day. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers were in the midst of their, you know, tanking, you know, process uh, for the, for, the, you know, trust the process, you know, all that bollocks. Um, and I was constantly irksome of it. Like, it. Think about this. Think about having your team right. Purpose, not even just purposely lose, because, you know, teams do that from time to time. You know, there's some teams this year that are completely tanking, like New York Knicks, uh, F- Phoenix Suns, teams like those. Uh, Atlanta Hawks, you know, they're, they're tanking, they're tanking, and it's fine. It's, it's you know, in the in the scheme of how the NBA is set up, tanking is fine, because you want that draft pick, and you want a high draft pick. It's fine. You know, morally, they obviously the players don't go out to lose. You know, to purposefully lose, they're just trash. It's just just how it is. Um, but the but the way the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers did it in those years earlier in this decade was so irksome to me. It I just I don't know why. I think it was I well I do know why. Um, having Sam Hinkie as a GM as a general manager like. Just, just piss me off, and I'm not a Philadelphia fan. You know, I like, I, I like their history. I love Dr. J. Um, in, in terms of historical context, I love Dr. J, and I like the, you know, the aura that Philadelphia give as a fan, as a Six Sixers fan base, and you know, I like the kits as well, the colors, the Libby Bell. It's all great. It's all great, but the way they were approaching themselves in those years, just made me angry basically and I ask this question I ask this question you know to myself every year now when they don't you know either win a championship or you know get anywhere near the finals I'm like was that process all worth it was it worth it and at this point it isn't it wasn't worth it I really generally think it wasn't worth it you know they drafted some good players and compared to the Cleveland Cavaliers Right, the Cleveland Cavaliers, right, wouldn't be the Cleveland Cavaliers. They wouldn't. I, I guarantee you, right. If LeBron wasn't born in Ohio, the Cleveland Cavalier, the Cleveland Cavaliers wouldn't exist right now. They would not exist. They probably moved to Seattle. I think. I think that would generally happen. Imagine if LeBron wasn't a part of the Cavs all those years. They would be gone by now. They would be gone. They would be in Seattle or some other place. I guarantee you that, you know, I can't guarantee that because it's hypothetical and we can't, (laughs) we can't go to a parallel universe where it happened. So, you know, but I I generally think that and the way the, um, the Cavs got lucky because LeBron is LeBron and he loved his city so much, in those years he wasn't there. Cleveland were terrible. Cleveland were terrible. And this adds on to why I don't rate Kyrie Irving so much, because you know, in those years, he was the no- their number one pick. He was their main guy, and you know, he was their quote-unquote leader. And on the court, anyway, not in not as a person, you know, like a personal leader. He led by he led by getting buckets, basically. Um, they were trash then. They were trash, and it only took LeBron to come back for them to be even close to relevant and in the end a championship winning team. Philadelphia on the other hand, they didn't have that luxury, right? And they constantly tanked. And in terms of their draft picks, it was relatively good. Obviously they got Joel Embiid, and obviously, you know, they got unlucky, you know. Ben Simmons was injured for a year and somehow still a rookie. Uh Joel Embiid was also injured for like two I think two seasons, I think. So, yeah. And they still consider him a rookie. Still, <laughs> that, that that rule needs to be changed. But um, you know, the the looking at the Sixers back then was so infuriating. Um, and now looking at them now, you know they're probably the third best team in the Eastern Conference, and probably in the overall sense of the in the league, probably I don't know, in the top ten for sure. do, do you do you? If anyone that watches NBA, do you really consider... Do you really think that, quote, the pro- the process was successful? I don't think it was. I think that was all wasted. I think they wasted a lot of people's time. I think they wasted a lot of people's money to do all that bollocks. And I think most of it was completely unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. There's tanking and then there's what the Philadelphia 76ers did for like 5 years a completely unnecessary and i don't think it'll be to- i don't think the process will be talked about until like 10 years after um so or until like i don't know if Joel Embiid or uh, Ben Simmons leaves the franchise uh, by a trade or free agency until those things happen i don't think we'll have a true retrospective on how terrible that tanking, you know, all that tanking was. I don't think it was successful at all. I think it was all just not worth it and just, in general, infuriating to watch. So, let's move on to the final talking point. (sighs) So, it's life, by the way. (laughs) It's a life segment. Um, Okay, uh, yesterday was... Martin Luther King Day, obviously Martin Luther King's birthday, and um, obviously that's, you know, majority celebrated in America because he's an American. And looking across social media, and every I think I've, I get this feeling every year, I really do, where I just wonder if anybody actually takes time to learn about who Martin Luther King is and I'm not saying watch Selma you know I'm I'm not saying that I'm saying actually either read any of his works or actually read any of his speeches not just his quotes I put on my I put on my notes cuz obviously I put notes down for a itinerary for every show and I've literally put here is Martin Luther King Jr just a quote machine and the reason why I say quote machine is literally, that's all I see at the moment. Uh, whenever, you know, it's MLK Day or Black History Month in the US, you know, they, they do, you know, the NBA celebrate it heavy and, you know, they have players, you know, say quotes or, you know, say why Mind of Kings in, you know, an icon and so influential, yada, yada, yada. And I generally wonder if anyone actually either... Well not either Actually indulges into who Martin Luther King was Um, I listened to a podcast recently called The Thread um, By Aussie Media I think you should definitely listen to it Must listen I think it's a very fascinating uh, show um, In terms of their series So what they do is basically they start at a particular point in history And they link it to another point in history And then another point in history And there's an overall theme to it uh so the first season like, if I remember correctly was um feminism basically overall. And the overall theme was feminism. They talked about Gloria Steinem, they talked about you know her Playboy magazine and then they went on to other things. Uh another pe- they went on to Marilyn Monroe, who was also linked to Gloria Steinem in a way, and like it all threads together. And the second season was about Martin Luther King and the o well the first episode was anyway, I think it was the first episode. And it was um and the overall theme was non-violence, so um, they took to um, people under, a person under of the King, if I actually will look that up right quickly, and uh, the person under him was Muhammad Gandhi, and who, uh, and then went to who inspired Gandhi, and then went to who inspired him, and it's very, very fascinating, but back to the point uh, i making here, as of the King is a coin machine, um, you know, people just post tone, really tone deaf, like uh, quoting. So, you know, this, the FBI posted a quote from from MLK, and if you want to look up MLK's relationship with the FBI, go ahead because it's very fascinating. Um, it's just extremely tone deaf. Like, how are you people even like fixing your mouth to quote King, but you're not, you know? Uh yeah yeah, you're not um what's the word? Applying his ideologies to your own. You know, they just do it for a day just because it's Martin Luther King Day. Like it's just backwards. It's extremely backwards. Um so, uh in uh, so season season, season, season season one actually was about uh John Lennon and also stuff like um Holden Caulfield and uh, Vlad and it goes to Vladimir Lenin. and I forgot the actual um Main thread for that, but um, yeah, season two was about um, uh, feminism, and season three is about uh, non violence. So, um, uh, this was about so the person behind um, Martin Luther King. I'm trying to look on the thing here, <laughs> uh, angelic troublemaker. Here we go. So, it was about Quaker Bayard Rustin. Look up Bayard Rustin, B A Y A R D Rustin. Look him up. So he was basically behind the march on Washington. You know, the I have a dream speech. That's what we're talking about. Um, and he was a gay man. And he had, and because he was a gay man and actually got clocked for it and actually got caught for it um, in a car, allegedly, um, he had to take a step back. But he actually, you know, inspired Martin Luther King. And the reason I'm telling you this stuff is because it's something different. Because I feel like, again, people just use MLK in the same way they use, um, you know, Muhammad Ali's, you know, words uh, for, for just, just because it's Muhammad Ali. You know, what I mean, I feel like those two complete icons in American history, especially. There's some sometimes their stories has to be, you know, not retold but reiterated. You know, um, if you actually read uh the i have a dream speech if you read it all read it all because it is actually a sublime piece of writing actually a sublime piece of writing um but i don't think people actually put the time in to learn again i feel like i, I feel like i repeat myself for saying that sometimes you know where people just have an absolute lack of interest in learning they just take what they just take face value and the face value is never enough, never enough um and I feel like Americans are starting to do that now as well, where like you know they just they just quote King because it's king, they just do it just because you know. We're, People quote Gandhi just because Gandhi. You know they don't. Know, nobody knows. They don't know about Gandhi. They just quote Gandhi because it fits with what they're talking about. And you know sometimes I do that. I will admit. You know sometimes I look up some quotes and um to go with what I'm feeling or just um I'm just I just, just I don't know I don't know why I just I, sometimes I look it up and I don't know the person off you know in depth. Um, and I just know him at face value, and you know, sometimes, you know, you can, you, sometimes you consider it enough, but it really isn't, if you actually want to learn about the person, and I feel like MLK Day is like a wasted day, so to speak, where they people just put a quote, and go about their lives, they don't actually, they don't actively either learn, or they, um, Actively look up why King actually said what he said, or yeah, just just, just stuff like that. For examples, you know, the NRA actually um, posted a quote from King talking, and then linked, him, linked his relationship to firearms. And uh, it, just just think about that. Just think about that, right? So Martin Luther King, proponent. Of nonviolent protesting. gets a tweet, quote tweet, whatever you want to call it, from the National Rifle Association. Tone deaf, tone deaf. Like this is it. This is it. This is exactly This is exactly what I'm talking about. You know. I you know I feel like he having a national holiday. Not that I want one, but um, I feel like when people like MLK and uh, have a national holiday people use it just to, either for their own advantage, you know, some people use it for capitalist memes, and, uh, memes and you know, they promote their, you know, f- I don't know, waffles or whatever, you know I mean, some, some other crap that doesn't have nothing to do with MLK, but they just put, ML- they put hashtag MLK today, you know, stuff like that. It's just, it's just, ugh, ugh, ugh. It's just, no, it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. The whole day is kind of bittersweet, For me to look at from the outside in. uh, From the outside looking in. Because it's just people just posting quotes. And I'm just like. I mean I don't know. Enough about Martin Luther King. To actually talk about Martin Luther King. In a sense of. His life. What I'm talking about now. Is more about the day itself if anything. I'm I'm not trying to actually talk about. You know King as a. As a person. Because I've never been to a protest. I've never had the. I've never been that active as a person in terms of, you know, societal change. And uh last thing I'll mention, um, for the last two years of his life, this is actually something I learned recently, um, off the MLK day, so, you know, it is bit sweet, but, you know, you do learn some things, um, hopefully, and I hope some people, you know, get into that more, um he in his last two years of his life he was actually seeking for you know economic equality so you know it's easy to have social equality that we most of us do now most in the UK as well as America but economic equality is much much harder because that requires political change that requires you know laws to be made and not not just voting not just voting that's 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 simple that's simple i'm talking about you know actively trying to get people out of poverty uh you know actively giving black children asian children hispanic latin children native american children opportunities that systemically white people have he, 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 that was his last two years that was what he's dedicating his life to the last two years of his life until he got shot so thinking about that and thinking about now I find that super fascinating um, yeah, I say this bit sweet but I'm glad that at least in this small case in the grand scheme of things it might not be much but it's something similar to Black History Month it's something it's it's the foundation, but I feel like people, you know, take it and just give Pete and just say, okay, you got your you got your you got your day, you got your month, you know. Do you need any? Uh, uh, what about White History Month? Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> let's not do that. You know what I mean? So I feel like uh, you know, going back to my last point, uh, my first point, I feel like. MRK is a coin machine sometimes and it's kind of depressing to look at. But on the same side, on the flip side, on the different side of the coin, he is respected, but I feel like people just, you know, do it just because it is and it is a day, is a national holiday in the Amer- in, in the US, and they just post it just because. But anyway, that's been what's good for you <laughs> episode 10 hope you guys enjoy it hope you guys got a bit of enlightenment I'm, I'm half joking i'm always about the infotainment you know i mean information but i want to make it entertaining in some in some form or fashion so you know hopefully the personality shines through <laughs> anyway uh, uh yeah if you want to you know got the email twitter ig facebook as always in the description. Uh, UK if you want to read any of the um uh, any of the links I've, uh, that I've read out or actually I, I might um give you the uh, the the thread podcast uh, link uh, so you can listen to that um that'll be quite uh, be quite good if you want to listen to that very seriously one of the best podcasts around right now so very very interesting all, all three seasons are absolutely great so um yeah if you want to see those go ahead and I'll uh, I'll drop a link on the on the on the fifth element uh yeah i'm back next week as always hopefully (laughs) you never know um and yeah uh, this has been what's good on the fifth random podcast network i've been charlie taylor have a good week everybody take it easy welcome thanks for staying this is the what's good extra thoughts where i you know throw out some extra thoughts for you, uh, that wasn't uh, that couldn't be stretched out to a whole segment or you know just got replaced by uh, something more you know better basically by a better subject um so and it's uh, obviously every every time done in the space of 2 minutes and 51 seconds which is the exact length of the song green onions by Booker T, and the MGS. So, without further ado, let's get the stopwatch going. Three, oh, three, two, one, go. All right. So, <laughs> I watched the um, Fire Festival documentary, and the the two words I have for it uh, is batshit and crazy. The whole thing just blows my mind of how it even came to pass. Like, it, it's false advertising full on fraud I mean everyone apart from the Bahamians uh, deserve what they got honestly like you should have ju- you should have jumped ship like these people going like oh I told Billy it was th- this is this ain't gonna work or you know this is this ain't working no, no 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 they still took them paychecks doll, they still took them paychecks so whatever guilt they have they fully deserve it absolutely Swanks a lot of them, and the maddest moment of the whole show, um, the guy who's 30 years into his game, into his profession, and he was willing to suck dick for water. That is absolutely fascinating to me. That is absolutely crazy. When I was when I was watching that, I just paused and I was like, oh, "Wow, that. I can't, wow, wow. That's that was that was how deep it went. Is it? Wow. Okay then. So." You know, and Jarl was on Twitter recently, like you know, saying I was I was bamboozled, and bamboozled as well. And I'm like, Jarl, shut, shut up, Sh- shut up. You weren't bamboozled. You you were fully in it. You knew the dude from his previous business, and you went along with it. All right, the dude's a snake. You should have clocked that immediately stop it you weren't bamboozled and big up the Bahamian and big up whoever started the GoFundMe for the Bahamanians because obviously the woman who was uh, the main woman who was uh, basically head of it all in the Bahamas uh, actually said she lost 50k of her savings trying to like help everybody in the community and there was actually a GoFundMe uh, in response to the documentary and I think it went went well over like 70k so you know that's um, that's that's bringing balance to the world right there (laughs) ladies and gentlemen uh, and last thing I want to mention, um, <laughs> uh, in in terms of the you know award season, uh, we also have the Razzie Awards, awards. So uh, not going to give them all because I only have like a few seconds. But um, worst picture was a uh, Gotti, Gotti, John Gotti film, uh, John Travolta, Happy Time Murders, Holmes and Watson, Robin Hood, and Winchester. Uh, if the Holmes and Watson doesn't win, I will I I, I will lose forever hope in humanity because. Holmes and Watson looked like utter garbage. It it looked like utter, utter garbage, and I'm so glad it got panned. Um, Yeah, just, just, (laughs) big up Holmes and Watson because it was just so trash. (laughs) Can't believe that was actually made. Like, unbelievable. But anyway, that's been more skids. I'll see you guys next week. De de deuces.